0: Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. He is good, he is good, he is good. My beautiful sister from New Zealand gave me this necklace. Isn't it beautiful? I thank God for all the the nations that are here in this room. All the nations that are represented Here in this room, that the kingdom of God is an international kingdom. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for more nations. He said, ask of me and I will give you the nations. That means we all get to be part of the kingdom of God and enjoy the nations gathering together. Love it, love it, love it. So God has put a word on my heart for today and I'm excited about it. I know there's a little bit of a somber atmosphere here this morning because we're saying goodbye, but God is good, yes? God is good. I believe that we are coming into a time where we need to be wise how we live. That the choices that we make this year in 2024 are going to put us in firm stead because they're going to be good choices, aren't they? Godly choices. They're going to put us in firm stead and... ...set solid foundations for what God is doing in this time and this season. Yes, does anyone else believe that? That how we choose to live this year is very important. How we choose to live is always important. But we know that we are entering into um, the last days... ...however big or long that period is before Jesus comes back again... But the Word of God says that the days will get darker and the church must shine brighter. Yes? I'm glad you agree. So the the decisions that we make this year are very important. I want to read from Ephesians 5, 8 to 17. For you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. You were once darkness. doesn't say you were once in darkness. You were once darkness. But now you are light. Now you are light because the Spirit of God lives in you. The Spirit of God lives in you. So live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. This year, find out what pleases the Lord. Ask him, Lord, how can I live in 2024 in a way that is going to bring delight to your heart? Find out, seek out. What pleases the Lord and have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's why we are light, because his light has shone on us. That is why it says, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be be very careful then. And this is the part I want to hone in on. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil, aren't they? Are the days evil? (laughs) Yes. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do you understand what the Lord's will is for you? Have you paid the price to dig deep into the will of God and to ask him what is his will for your life? I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered And he revealed his will for my life. Dig deep. Seek God this year. And he will answer you and he will reveal to you what his will is for your life this year. Who wants it? Yes. Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand, when everything around me is shaken, he is my firm foundation. God's been talking to me through... through, This is going to sound loopy. (laughs) That's all right. God's been talking to me through the birds. (laughs) That sounds loopy, right? Let me explain. Let me explain. The title of my message is The Eagle and the Owl. The Eagle and the Owl, right? And I will explain what that is about. Um, You may may remember back in in, um, spring... Some of you would have noticed that there was a plover in the car park. Who saw the plover in the car park? Yeah? So um, there was this little bird that decided to build a nest. You know how we have these new little trees in the car park and they're only about this big? Um, there's this little plover. She decided to build a nest at the base of one of these tiny little saplings. <laughs> she thought she'd get some shelter there. Um, So she built her nest at the base of a tree and um, it was out there where all the cars drive in and where everybody walks and where the sun was beating down on her and the wind was blowing and the foxes could run in and steal her eggs and that's where she decided to build her nest out in the car park. Not the smartest of birds, (laughs) right? And then when they hatched, I don't know if you noticed when they hatched. These two little—she only got two out of four. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> I was even surprised that she got two. Um, these little plover chicks were um, fluffing around out there, and then when when you drove into the car park, she would try and like swoop you and attack you because the chicks were on the ground, and so she was hyper vigilant then, trying to protect them from you. Um, stepping on them or going near them so not the smartest bird on the planet the plover but in late in late spring um Adrian and Stephen and Carol were out here and I was here and we were out there and we were talking about the irrigation because you know when you run a church It's not just Sunday, there's other things you have to do, like work out how you're going to water everything, Um, all that stuff, is all that planning stuff. So, we're out here doing some planning and we were over there under the plain trees and I looked up into one of the big gum trees out there and there was um, three owls in the gum tree. There was a big daddy owl because Apparently the daddy owls do the day care and the mummy owls do the night care. Yeah, and there were these two little baby owls and you could barely see them because they were the tawny frogmouth owls and um, they blend into the bark of the tree. And so the dad was sitting there so still and the only reason I saw them is because one of the chicks moved its head like that and it caught my peripheral vision. And um, so, the owls had nested right up in the tree. What are owls known for? Then, like when we think of an owl, we think of wisdom, yeah? So, they're a, a wiser bird that put their nest up in the tree. So, um... And anyway, I was, ta- I, was telling, I was, telling my friend Deb about the birds. We were having a conversation about the birds. Um, and I said, I've never seen so many birds on the church property, nesting on the church property before. We've got all these different, different varieties of birds this year that we've never had before. And, um, and she said to me, maybe God's saying something to you about three of the birds. And I was like, "Like oh, I'm a bit thick sometimes. Is anyone else like that? <laughs> You're just a bit like, oh, duh. Uh, knock, knock, is anyone home? Maybe God is saying something to us on the church property through the, the birds that he's, that he's sending to us. And um, so I believe that God is calling us to be ours. He's raising up a, a generation of people who have wisdom, who have wisdom because ours can see in the dark. Ours can see in the dark. They have night vision, yeah? And as the days get darker, we need need Christians who are able to see in the dark. They're able to see what God is doing in the dark season. They're not blinded by the season that they're in, but they're able to see beyond the season that we're in and see what God is doing in that season, yeah? And to position ourselves up higher, to position ourselves up higher, where we can see from God's perspective what is happening on the earth, because owls see in the dark, they're also awake when other birds are asleep. So awake, sleeper. We need to be awake when others are asleep. When, when we're in a season when it's dark and others are falling asleep, we need to be alert, we need to be awake, we need to be aware of what God is doing in that season. We need to be able to perceive what God is doing in this season. I mentioned the you know, the men of Issachar last Sunday, how they were a prophetic tribe who knew the seasons and the times and knew what they were to do in the season. So we need to know what season we're in and we need to know what God requires of us in this season, don't we? Owls seek out their food and sustenance during the night. They seek food during the night. They they seek their prey during the night when other birds are asleep. So we need to be able to hear from God in the night season and to be sustained by him in the night season. They can distinguish their prey and their enemy in virtually no light. Wow. So they're high up in the tree. They can see the enemy coming from far off. And they can identify him and act and be proactive against the enemy's schemes. They see the enemy for what, for what he is. And launching from an unsuspecting height, they can strike and take out the enemy and capture their prey. Isaiah 60, deep darkness covers the earth. But God is raising up people who will have acute sight in the last days and will be able to be the light Shine the light and be the light in the darkness. You are the light. You are the light. You know, the Holy Spirit said to me recently, everything you need is within you. Everything you need to be the light is already in you. If you have received Christ as your living Saviour and Lord, then His Spirit is... lives within you and everything you need to be the light in this generation is already within you. It is already within you. You just need to allow that light to shine out of you and be Jesus. Be Jesus to this generation. So God is raising up. A prophetic people, you know, Paul said that we should, that we can all prophesy. Paul said we should all desire to prophesy. Every single one of you can hear the voice of God. Did you know that you can hear the voice of God? The sheep know the shepherd's voice. You can hear the voice of God. God can speak to you and you can prophesy over yourself over your family, over your workplace, over your city. That just means to speak the Word of God. What the Word of God says is going to happen in the future, you can declare it and become part of that activated voice of God over our city, over your family. Yeah? That's what it That's what it means to prophesy, to hear the Word of God and speak it out. Yes? So it reminded me when I was looking at the birds, it reminded me of Job 39. When God is talking to Job about the birds, yeah? And Job thirty nine fourteen to 17, this is what he says about the ostrich. The ostrich... Is a bit like the plover. A bit bigger. A bit more scary if it tries to chase you away from its nest. Have anyone ever been chased by an ostrich? I've been chased by an emu. That was scary enough. (laughs) They look like emus. Um, So this is what God says... ...about the ostrich. We're not called to be ostriches. We're not called to be ostriches, okay? This is what God says about the ostriches. She lays her eggs on the ground and lets them warm in the sand. Unmindful that a foot may crush them... ...and some wild animal may trample them. She treats her young harshly as if they were not hers... She cares not that her labor was in vain, for God did not endow her with wisdom or give her a share of good sense. Right? She's a dumb bird. Um, so what does the Bible say if we lack wisdom in Proverbs? Ask for it. Ask for it. It says, if you call, this is Proverbs 2, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, have you ever said, God, I need wisdom, God, I need wisdom so I can be wise with everything that you've entrusted me with? God, I need wisdom for my family. I need wisdom for my workplace. I need wisdom, God, for my children. I need wisdom for my marriage. I need wisdom for what you've called me to do. Has anyone ever cried out for wisdom? I want to encourage you this year to cry out for wisdom, to cry out for wisdom, to call out to us, God, give me wisdom, God. We need to be a wise people. We need to be a switched on people. We need to be an awake people. Because one of the things that scripture says is in the last days, many will be deceived. Even those who believe will be deceived. So we need to cry out for wisdom and say, God, I don't want to be deceived. I want to be aware and awake to what you are doing, God. I don't want to be a dumb bird. I don't want to be a dumb bird, right? Jesus spoke about the wise builder and the foolish builder, didn't he? And he said the foolish builder builds his house in the sand. So when the storm comes, everything shifts and shakes and it gets knocked over and it gets washed away. Just like the dumb ostrich that builds her nest in the sand so that it gets washed away. But the wise builder builds his house on a rock. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I built my life on Jesus. He's never failed me. He's never failed me. The foundation is the first thing that goes down when you build a building, isn't it? Has anyone ever built a house? The foundation is the first thing that goes down and the rest of the house goes on top, yes? So if Christ is our firm foundation, it means that he is the first thing in our life, yes? If Christ is not first, he is not your foundation, If he's not first in your life, he is not your foundation. So Christ is our firm foundation. Christ is our firm foundation. So then it goes on in Job 39 and it talks about the eagle. 27 to 30. This is God talking to Job. He says, does the eagle soar at your command and build his nest on high? He dwells on a cliff and he stays there at night. A rocky crag is his stronghold. He builds his nest on a rock. He builds his nest high up, high up on a rock. What's a mountain? It's essentially a big rock, isn't it? So he builds his nest right up on on the edge of the mountain where he can see everything. And from there, he seeks out his food. His eyes detect it from afar. His young ones feast on blood. And where the slain are, there he is. His young ones feast on blood. More than ever, in this time and this season, we need our children to be warriors. We need our children to know who they are in God. We need to train up our children when they are still in the nest, how to identify the enemy, how to take the enemy out and where the slain are, there are they, because they know how to slay the enemy. They know how to identify the enemy. They know how to be warriors. They know who they are in God. They know what their identity is. They know that they are called. They know that they are chosen. They know that they are set apart for a higher purpose because they've been raised in a higher place, because they've been set up on a mountain. They've been raised in a nest that is planted on a rock, not in the sand, not in the dirt where they can be trodden all over by. By the enemy. This is the season where we need to raise our family up. We need to make sure our family is on a firm foundation. We need to make sure our marriage is on a firm foundation. We need to make sure our children know that they are God's and that he is theirs. Yes. Yes. They need to feast on the blood of the enemy. They need to know what it is to have a kill. They need to taste the victory of a kill. They need to know that they can cast out demons, that they can speak wellness over their body, that they can see their friends saved, that they can see that they can have victory over Satan. They need to know, they need to know, they need to know who they are. And when the enemy comes to them and says, maybe you're this and maybe you're that, they say, no, I'm not. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. You need to know who you are so you can teach the next generation who they are in God who they are because we are living in a time where the enemy is nervous and he's all worked up and he's roaring around like like a lion, trying to deceive, trying to steal, trying to kill the identity of this next generation. And they need to know the taste of victory. They need to know how to take him out. They need to know that What scripture says and how to use it like a sword. How to use it like a sword to take out the enemy. This is not the time to be asleep. This is not the time to be asleep. This is the time to speak identity in our children to sit with them at night, to pray over them, to speak a God-given identity over them, to answer their questions, to have conversations, to talk to them about the things of God, to talk to them about what God has shown you about who they are, to take time, to take time, to take time. If you don't have time to sit with your children and talk about the things of God with them, then you're too busy. It's time to make the sacrifices that we need to make in order to make sure the foundations are firm in our lives. Everything else will pass away, but the Word of God remains forever. Your job will pass away. Your career will pass away. Your house will pass away. Your car will pass away. Your holidays will pass away. But the word of God remains and the generations remain. And one generation will declare his goodness to the next generation. And that is our inheritance. And that is what he's given us. Generation after generation after generation after generation. Loving him, serving him, adoring him. That's our inheritance. That's our inheritance. So we need to be on the high places, looking down, declaring what God is doing on the earth. And I see the prodigals coming home. Because the parents are on the high places and they're prophesying over them and they're speaking God's goodness over them and they're declaring destiny over them and they're saying, you are marked, you are called, you are born for such a time as this. You will come back into the kingdom. You will come back into the kingdom. You will serve him, you will love him, you will know who you are. You will know who you are. I see prodigals coming home. I see prodigals coming home because they may not be honouring God right now, but that doesn't change who they are. That doesn't change what God has called them for. That doesn't change the call on their life. It doesn't change what they were born for. It doesn't change what God spoke to you about them. When they were in your womb, it doesn't change that. It doesn't change that. He will call them back when the time is right. He will call them back. He will call them back. So don't give up. Keep praying for them. Keep speaking over them. Keep interceding over them. Singing over them. Declaring the word of God over them. Speaking his scripture over them. Because he has promised and he is, he is faithful. He has promised and he is faithful. Yeah. Faithful. Yeah. faithful. Yeah. And he will come through. He has never failed. Faithful. He has never failed. Hmm. <laughs> That's who he is. It's the hour of the generations. It's the hour of the generations. There are parents in this room that paid a price and for some of them it was a big sacrifice so that their kids could go to Planet Shakers last week, right? There are kids in this room that worked hard so that they could get themselves to Planet Shakers last week because we need to position ourselves and we need to position our families where God is moving, We need to plant them in the house of God because the Word of God says that those who are planted in the house of God will flourish. They will flourish in the house of God. Please don't be deceived into thinking that all your kids need is you to be an example for them because that's not what Scripture says. I've heard parents say, well, my kids don't need to be in church because we have Bible studies around the kitchen table. And, you know, we have our own little holy huddle at home and they don't need anything else. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Because scripture says that we are a community, that we are a body and they need aunties in the faith, they need grandfathers in the faith, they need brothers and sisters in the faith, they need mothers and fathers in the faith, they need a whole community around them to raise them up to be who God has called them to be. They don't just need you or God wouldn't have given us the church. It's now through the church that God will make his manifold wisdom known to the world. Not just through your family. It's through the church. Christ died for the church. Husband loved your wives. Christ loved the church and laid down his life for the church. Not just for you. We are the church. We are the church. Make sure your kids are in church. So, to those parents that make sure they position their children in the presence of God, I applaud you. Keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. It will reap a reward. When they go for an application for a job, tell them, tell your boss, I don't do Sundays. That's God's day. I don't care if it's double pay. I don't care if it's extra money, it's God's day. And if you teach your kids that they can work all weekend because they get more money, then you're teaching them that money is more important than God. That's what you're teaching them. Is that the lesson that you want them to learn? Or do you want them to know Christ is my firm foundation? Number one, number one, number one above everything else. We said to our kids when they went for job interviews, tell tell your prospective boss at the interview, I don't work Sundays and I don't work Friday nights because that's chosen youth. And they didn't have a choice because God's house was number one. Zeal for your house. We need zeal for God's house to come back into his house. Zeal for your house has consumed me, David said. Zeal for your house. Zeal for your presence. It's more important than anything else in this world that is temporary. Zeal for your house. Because Jesus, you loved your church enough to die for it. So I'm going to love your church enough to say no to anything else that would try and take me out of your house. Try and remove me from your presence. Try and distract me from what really matters. I'm going to love your church as Christ loved the church. Seal for your house. God restore to us, God restore to us the firm foundations. Can we all stand together? Let's make this our prayer for twenty twenty four. God restore to us. If you trust me, repeat it after me. God restore to us firm foundations. Jesus, be number one. Be my firm foundation. Take me higher. Increase my sight. Help me to see in the dark and know what you're doing. And set me on a high place. Establish my foundation. Establish my family's foundation in your house, God, in your presence, God. Be my number one, Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my first in everything, Jesus. Forgive me when I've let other things come in and take preeminence over your presence, over your house, over my mind. You are Lord, you are Saviour. You are number one. You are number one. Take us higher, Lord. Take us higher, Lord. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.